This is James, one of the elders here. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you said to us today. We thank you that Jesus is alive. And now we ask that we'll hear what you've got to say through James. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome, everyone. It's good to see you all. As Rob mentioned, I'm James, if we've not met before. I'm one of the pastors here at Life Church in Beckles. Um, just a bit about me. I'm married to my wife, Jess. Uh, just one wife and two children, uh, Sebastian and Florence. And uh, we've got in the Easter spirit this year because we've had some additions to the family, to fairy numbers, who've got various names, depending on who you talk to in the family. I'm kind of wrestling over it at the minute. Jess and I are going for Cornforth and Beaumont. And the kids are going for Sky Mermaid and OJ. And uh, I think they're probably going to win. Um, I love Easter. I love Easter Sunday. It's a great time to celebrate, isn't it? Uh, celebrating's fun. So Easter's fun. I mean, I love a bit of chocolate. Um, I love, love the eggs and all that. Love love bunny rabbits. They're a great cuddle. They're a great pet. They're cute to cuddle and pet and all that. But Easter's a great celebration because Jesus has risen from the dead. I always enjoyed it uh, growing up. Uh, just a bit about me. I grew up in a Christian home. My parents were both Christians. Um, always got together at the church to celebrate every Easter Sunday and grew up knowing relationship with God as a, as a real thing to me. But as I grew up and got older into my late teens and early 20s, I started to realize that a lot around me were taking different paths and kind of rejecting the Christian faith that they'd grown up with. Um, some were dismissing the resurrection as something just impossible against the kind of laws of physics, as it were. Some thought it maybe it's just a myth made up by some bewildered disciples who'd lost their leader. Maybe it was just that others were simply kind of consigning Jesus and the resurrection to the box marked irrelevant to life. Others were just kind of getting involved in living life up, and that was kind of taking them away from things. And they just kind of maybe saw Jesus and following him as a bit of a fun wrecker. And then others of my friends were just kind of really going with the crowd, believing the resurrection wasn't a particularly popular thing to believe in. So I was confronted with the possibility that maybe I was just growing up believing the same old thing that my parents had taught me when I was young and just believing it for the sake of it. And I went off on a gap year in Uganda and experienced another culture and then uh, studied philosophy at UEA just down the road in Norwich and started to raise the question, does it still make sense to believe in Jesus' resurrection? Does it make sense to believe in his bodily resurrection from the dead, having died on the cross for my sin? Does it make sense uh, to still celebrate Easter? Because the Bible even itself says that if Jesus hasn't been raised, then your faith is futile. And Christians of all people are to be pitied. Because here we are, singing really loud and really excitedly about something that never happened. And completely changing all of our life for something that just never happened and isn't real. With the people of, of most to be pitied. I read once that a professor called Professor Joe Addy was a secular professor of philosophy at the University of London, was asked the question, if you could meet anyone in the world and ask them a question, who would it be and what would you ask them? And he said, if I would meet Jesus Christ and ask him the most important question in the world, did you or did you not rise from the dead? 
who's a secular you know, philosopher, not, not a Christian, but that's the question he would ask. Um, maybe you're asking that question, or you're interested in the evidence for the resurrection, then I'd recommend uh, this book here. It's called The Case for Easter by Lee Strobel. He's written a series of books, The Case for so-and-so and so on. This is a really good one. If you're interested in exploring the evidence for the physical resurrection of Jesus, that's a good book to read. It's a short, snappy one. Uh, if you're not a massive reader, it's still doable, very readable. Um, he's a journalist who in, uh, investigated cases, so he investigates the case for Jesus' resurrection. If you'd like a copy of these, because you're interested, then just come and see me. I'd love to hand you one of those. Free copy. It's all yours. I don't know if you're on social media, but when you're on social media, you get those little posts, don't you, that say, on this day, don't you? Remember, on this day in this year, such and such happened. The most important thing to ever happened on the 9th of April is Jesus' resurrection from the dead. 1,993 years ago to the day, on the 9th of April, 30 AD. You don't get to say that very often on Easter Sunday because it jumps all over the place, doesn't it, date-wise? But 1,993 years ago, Jesus rose from the dead. And there are lots of reasons to celebrate that. And I'm just going to share with us five reasons today why it's worth celebrating what happened on this day that many years ago. But first, I'm just going to read the passage um, that this story comes from. It comes from uh, Luke, who writes a biography about Jesus' life, and he says this. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. When they went in, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, obviously, behold... Two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, and as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day, uh, and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told them these things to the apostles. But the words seemed to them an idle tale. Perhaps it seems to you an idle tale. It seemed to them an idle tale, and they didn't believe. And who can forgive them, really, you know? It's, you know not, it's not normal, is it, for people to rise from the dead? But Peter ran and uh, rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. He went home marveling at what had happened. He didn't really believe what the ladies told him. He wanted to go and find out for himself. And over the course of the next hundred days, Jesus appears 40 times to his followers and at one time to over 100 people. But why is this good news? Well, let me give you five reasons. Here's the first of them. It confirms Jesus' status. If I claim to you that once upon a time I was um, the fastest man in water, over 200 metres butterfly and 400 metres freestyle in the eastern region for my age group, I would guess you might want some proof. Being a man of my size, that might be something difficult, like the resurrection, to believe. But let me tell you, 
that indeed here, in my hands, I have proof that to certify that James Wilson of the East Anglian Swallowtails has set a new record of three minutes and six seconds. And if you're a swimmer, you'll know that that's not very fast at all. And in fact, one of these records I got because nobody else had ever swam that distance before in the eastern region, in my age group. And so all I had to do was touch the wall at the end. Which, for me, if you're doing 200s fly, is actually quite an achievement. But these certificates confirm my status at the time as the fastest man in water in my age group. No need to applause, which you haven't bothered. So, no, no problem. Um, but they confirm my status as the fastest. And Jesus similarly made some even more remarkable claims about himself to be God. He said, I and the Father are one. He revealed God himself to us. That's what he was claiming, God in human flesh. He claimed to have existed before even Abraham did, thousands of years before he actually lived. He claimed to be able to forgive people's sins. He claimed to fulfill the Old Testament. He claimed to be the Messiah, the one that the Jews were expecting to come and to save and rescue them. Just as you may have demanded some evidence and proof for my claim to be a swimming record holder, by the way, those records are long gone. Faster people came along and they've demolished them since. But you would have expected some evidence, some proof. And just in the same way, you'd expect some uh, proof, some evidence from Jesus for his claims. And you can read an exchange in Matthew's biography of his life where people do exactly that. They come to Jesus and they say, they demand a sign from him to prove what he's saying. And Jesus replies to them saying that after he's died, he'll rise again three days later. That his resurrection would be the sign, proof that he is all he claimed to be. Now, I don't know about you, if I were looking for a credible following, one thing I probably wouldn't claim to be able to do is something I have no control over, like coming back to life after the event of my death, because I'd have no way of ensuring it happens. But one of Jesus' closest friends, John, in his biography of Jesus' life, says this about him. In him, in Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of all humankind. I hear that Jesus was the source of all life. See, Jesus could confidently claim that he would die and come back to life because he's the source of all life. And death couldn't possibly overpower him. A bit like darkness can't overpower light. If there's light in the room, the darkness is overpowered. And so we've got reason to celebrate the resurrection because it's a sign. It's a proof that Jesus claimed to be all that he claimed is true. That he's God in human flesh. That he existed before the world began. That he's able to forgive sins. That he's the Messiah, our saviour. So we can celebrate because his status is confirmed. The second thing, second reason, is this. The clean record. Uh, This, I've got... I'm all about evidence today, can you tell? This is my driving test certificate, which I dug out of a box and dusted down last night. And uh, being my fourth driving test, this was really well celebrated. Um, You'd think, why would I mention that? But I can confidently say that I passed my driving test with just one minor. And uh, I never thought I'd be so proud of passing my driving test uh, on the fourth occasion 
except for the fact that because I only got one minor, it seems to redeem the situation, and I feel happy to talk about it. Although the last time I gave a talk and mentioned this, a friend called Sam came up to me and quite smugly mentioned that he actually passed his test without a single minor on the first time of trying. Yeah. Uh, John tells us in his biography about a time when Jesus was questioned uh, by others over his teaching. And he replies and tells them this. I've spoken freely in front of everyone. And I've always taught in our meeting places and in the temple where all of our people have come together. I've not said anything in secret. Why are you questioning me? Why don't you ask the people who've heard me? They know what I've said. As soon as Jesus said this, one of the temple police hit him and said, that's no way to talk to the high priest. And Jesus answered, if I've done something wrong, say so. But if not, why did you hit me? And no answer came. And Pilate, when he questioned Jesus and found no fault in him, he said this, Luke writes this in his biography, Pilate told the chief priests and the crowd, I don't find him guilty of anything. I don't find him guilty of anything. And we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus because it's confirmation of his clean record. The driving test, if you like, of his life shows no majors, no minors, a completely clean record. Not only did he do everything right, he loved God perfectly and he loved others perfectly. And we celebrate this because it means we can be given Jesus' clean record ourselves, which passes the test of God's judgment on humanity. It's a bit like my friend Sam coming up to me with his driving test certificate and scrubbing his name off his certificate and going, here you go, James. Here's one passed first time with no majors or any minors and giving it to me. Jesus has passed the test of life with no majors or minors and he offers to write our name at the top of the driving test certificate and claim it for our own. Uh, One verse in the Bible says this, Christ never sinned, but God treated him as a sinner so that Christ could make us acceptable to God. So that's the second thing. The third thing is this. A victory has been won. Uh, Once upon a time, I was a a secretary of a small football club for my previous church called um, Kings down in Norwich. And there was one year when two of our men's teams had made the Shield final of the very prestigious Norfolk Christian Football League. (laughs) And uh, it's an impressive event. Um, you're in the shield, actually, if you lose the first round in the cup. Um, so it's kind of like, a, oh, never mind, you didn't make the cup final, but we'll put you in the shield, and then we managed to make the final, I think, by getting buys. But anyway, <laughs> there was still a match to play, but our opposition, as a club, had been defeated already, and victory was ours. And Jesus' resurrection means that while the match is still to be played to a conclusion, the opposition has been defeated and victory is already ours. We tend to think of the opposition in Christianity, we call him the devil or Satan. We tend to think of him as a red, kind of wicked-looking thing with a pitchfork, looking angry and um, annoying. But actually, um, the Bible says that uh, evil has a personality behind it and that the devil or Satan is the person behind the evil that we see in the world. 
His greatest attempt to defeat God, overthrow his kingdom, was by crucifying Jesus on the cross. But that ended in defeat when Jesus rose from the dead. Through his cross and resurrection, Jesus' enemy, Satan, has been conquered and beaten. It says this in the Bible, He, Jesus, disarmed the rulers and authorities, put them to open shame by triumphing over them. Satan's armory, if you like, was being able to accuse you and I of all the things that we've ever done wrong, all the things we should have done that we haven't, and all the things we have done that we shouldn't have done. But Jesus' clean record, if you like, with our name on it, Jesus' record with our name on it uh, means that he's been disarmed. He's got nothing to throw at us. And all the things he accuses us of, we've been forgiven of. 